Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. How you doing this morning, Jim? Good morning. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial the, Day. Yes. Past the technical issues, so we're we're on. We're a little late, but we're on. We're always a little late. We're just a little late yeah. from being a little late. That's all. Yes. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> but yes, uh, good morning. Happy Memorial Day. Pirates' relation to this. Meh. <laughs> They're 26 and 26. Things are sputtering. It's, it's not the uh, the first place Pirates anymore and what can happen. Not saying like, you know, that can't happen per se and this team can't turn things around, but uh, not the best direction. You know, as mentioned yesterday, Vince Valeska is injured once again. So we're going to talk a little bit about the bullpen. I'm sorry, the rotation today. And then obviously we'll talk about the San Francisco Giants series as well as the minor league performances. So that's a cliffhanger. I don't know where there I was going go. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Um, yeah, starting pitching, single shot. Let's go. All right. So, yeah, Luis Ortiz made his fourth start last night. Uh, as mentioned, he had two mediocre starts. Then he had a really, really good start. And then he had last night was another mediocre start. Um, and then it was, it seemed like it was him that was going to stay. Vince Velasquez came back from the IL. Rumor was Rowanzi was going to go to the bullpen, but that all changed in the same day because Vince Velasquez got injured, taken out of the game. And it seems like it's the same injury. And I mean, basically from him, he's saying, I hope to pitch again this year. That doesn't seem too comforting. No, it does not. And it's, it's it's uh it's it's sad to see because he really had looked like he sort of turned a corner a little bit. Like this was the, his best stretch of pitching that he maybe has ever had in, in his major league career. To be honest, like it was just eight starts, and like we'll kind of throw out that eighth one that he had uh, over the weekend. But you know his it, the way he looked prior to going on the injured list, you know the, the first time around was a completely different Vince Velasquez from the Velasquez we've seen throughout the course of his career. Just a lot more consistency, not more, a lot more command, a lot more kind of uh, containing his stuff because the stuff had always been there, but it, it never really played consistently. And you finally saw what he was like kind of when he, when he was, when he was on and yeah, it's a, it's a shame for, for Vince Velasquez. It's a shame for the pirates because now you don't have a whole lot of depth with that starting pitching rotation. I mean, you've got Brubaker going down <clears throat> early. You have Mike Burroughs going down in triple a, and now you've got Velasquez going down. If Velasquez is out for a prolonged period of time, 
then yeah, you're getting you're getting real slim on your uh, starting pitching depth. So as of right now, five healthy starting pitchers on the forty man roster. Right. Not counting Velasquez because he's still on, technically on it, but right. You get the point. Yeah, no, I, I do. Um, and that was the thing. You know, we, we saw the injury first take place with Velasquez. It looked brutal. Uh, I mean, right away, everyone thought season ending. So it was kind of surprising came back this quickly. So, like, it wasn't as big of an issue because we're obviously in the same situation right now, right, with him going down that he went down before. It was just that it seemed like it was going to be a little bit short term. The rehab was actually a lot faster than I expected, too. So I think, like, this was best-case scenario that happened. So, okay, like, he's gone for a little – a little over a month. Was even a month yet? Really? Well. No, it was the Tampa series. I mean, he was gone for three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, right. I mean, not the biggest deal. You call up Luis Ortiz. He fills in the spot for then. And then you're probably setting him back down, which didn't happen. But regardless, like, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. We can kind of work with this. But now the second time going down for the same situation, I'm not so sure if it's going to be three weeks again or a month, you know? So with that being the case and this maybe being more long-term, now you really start to focus and think about the depth. And you're right. Like, this is it. So, like, what's afterwards? Well, first off, Rosie ain't going to the bullpen. So, whatever thoughts and ideas they had, again, we can argue if it's going to be there's things we want to work with him and they'll help him and translate better if he does it in the bullpen. You know, again, like going back to the Mitch Keller thing, as I said yesterday in the post game, this is no correlation to him and Mitch Keller, their career trajectories or anything. It's just like he went to the bullpen and at that moment, you saw Mitch figure something out and success came right so i'm saying like i don't know if that was her idea but regardless it ain't gonna happen now because it physically can't and after that jim this depth is there's quinn priester <laughs> right everyone knows i mean it was burrows priester and ortiz and triple a and that's what made this this rotation look kind of enticing because in the major league level it was solid there's some good prospects coming up but now burrows is obviously gone Luis ortiz is already there Quinn Priester started out shaky. He had a really, really, really strong May, but his last start, he got wrecked. Um, wrecked. <laughs> after that, Jim, I'm not sure what's not there. <laughs> yeah, after, after Quinn Priester, you're starting to get into uh, Caleb Smith, Osvaldo Beto territory. That's, that's it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're the pirates right now, you are praying, you are praying that these five starters that you have currently can one continue to perform well and two remain healthy. Because if one of these five left goes down or falters or, you know, whatever we want to call it, um, I don't know what you do. I don't know if Quinn Preddy's Quinn Priester is quite ready. I combined Priester and ready there. Um, I don't know if Quinn Priester is quite ready to like really move into a major league rotation. I think he's certainly capable of um, spot starting right now. I think he's capable of of you know maybe being a fifth starter. Like he, he's he, he's capable of doing that, but you know you probably hope that you're calling Quinn Priester up like when Quinn Priester's like, Hey guys, I'm ready. Like that's, that's kind of your hope with, with, uh, you know, your top starting pitching prospect like that. Um, yeah. So I mean, right now it's, uh, 
it's the five that they've got, and they're just going to have to stay healthy because <laughs> otherwise um, I don't know what you do. Like, I think if it were me, Priester's the next guy up. I don't know if the Pirates are going to do that, if they would roll with like a Caleb Smith or a, or a Osvaldo Beto for a few starts, which if you're doing that, then it's not great. Not great. Neither of those guys are major league pitchers. Right. I feel as if the latter would happen. I almost feel like Caleb Smith might, but Caleb Smith obviously has been awful as well. Like just completely awful in Indianapolis. Beto, you know, his name was brought up earlier in the year. Uh, obviously, you know, when they went to Luis Ortiz, um, instead his name was being tossed around as a possible pitcher who has some intrigue. Now, it's not like he's pitching well, but he's a little bit older. He's kind of came out of nowhere. He has some strikeouts, but overall, it's kind of like you're meh. You know, like he's probably not going to be a guy. He's probably not going to be like this year's Luis Ortiz, where like no one heard of him, and now he's coming up in the rankings and everyone's going to hear of him. I'm not sure if he has that type of stuff. But what uh, I'll say, I'm, I'm sure he does not. I've seen Osvaldo Beto pitch before. He is not Luis Ortiz. <laughs> there you go. I actually saw Luis Ortiz, Osvaldo Beto uh, doubleheader where they started back to back. They are not hmm. similar pitchers. Let me tell you that. All right. So <laughs> no Pam holding up the two pictures saying they're the same, right? No, no, they okay. are not. Osvaldo Beto, as as much of a asset he is to the organization in that he pitches innings in the minor leagues. That's that. I mean. Apologies to Beto and the Beto family and friends, but Osvaldo Beto's main skill set is he can pitch minor league innings. Are we going to finally have our first father coming at Jim? <laughs> like, I don't want Osvaldo Beto anywhere Osvaldo near. Osvaldo Beto is Clay Holmes, and here's I why. I don't want him anywhere near a major league pitching mound. Like, I do not yeah. want him near, near that at all. Okay, fair. Well, that goes to my next point here. What I'm trying to make is, is it's now at the point where you're really, really worrying about the depth. And if Quinn Priester isn't that guy, like he isn't ready, like you're saying you want him to be ready so he comes in and he can do work. And maybe if he gets a spot start here and there, it's not the biggest deal. But the one thing about this, this pitching for the Pirates is it all starts with the rotation. We've been talking about that. The reason this pitching has held up is because the starters have been competent. They've been going deep which isn't exposing the bullpen. It's getting the best parts of the bullpen there. Uh, now, obviously, they're not winning, so you know, you're not seeing a ton of Bednar and Holderman and whatnot, but you know, the, the starters are going deep in the games. They're doing their job. Even the month of May, the, starter, the starters were, were competent, right? Above average pitching unit. With Velasquez going down, and we've seen some shakiness with Luis Ortiz, and if there's ever any other injury, which again comes to a competent starter, and now you have Quinn Priester there. If this starting pitching gets shaky, like what we've been talking about the offense, I mean, this pitching can go south real quick in that sense because now you're going to expose the bullpen. The starters are already being taken out. If Quinn Priester is having bad starts, Luis Ortiz is doing this over a course of time. Yeah, it's going to go south very quickly, and that's what I fear right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. The, the strength of this team so far has been the starting pitching. It has been their ability to go deep into ball games. And because of that, it's it's been able to hide a lot of, you know, insecurities we had in that bullpen. So 
that re- that relief core is pitching. They're, they're well rested. They're pitching in the roles that they're supposed to for the most part, and they've been better than expected. And a lot, and that's really all to do with these starting pitchers. Um, you know, going out there and and giving you a good start, like night in and night out. So yeah, if that doesn't continue, then you start thinking about the bullpen breaking down. So yeah, the Pirates are kind of in. Um, they're in a territory right now where they're kind of in the danger zone where like they, these five guys are it and they're just, they're going to have to step up. And there's a few guys in those, those five, right. Uh, Contreras, uh, Oviedo and uh, now Ortiz where like, they're still, they're still learning. They're still growing as, as major league pitchers and they're going to have to now step up all three of them in a big way because they're all we got right now. Yeah. So. For sure. So, yeah, with that said, uh, obviously, once we hear some updates about Vince Velasquez, we'll let you all know, which you guys will probably know anyways before we do a show. But, yeah, I, I really hope for him and for the Pirates that it's not that severe. It's more short-term once again. He gets back on the mound because they need him. And they need that, that solid Vince Velasquez. Yeah. So, all right. Should we go to our second shot? Let's do it. We're previewing the series now, right? No. Prospects. No, minor leagues. Okay. <laughs> I get this too mixed up every time. All right. So let's look around the, the Pirates farm system here. Uh, as we've been doing every week talking about the farm, we tend to go about 30 minutes on this because there's just so much to talk about. So we're limiting it and trying to cut down every single time. So we're going to do one player per level. Jim and I will alternate. So I don't know, Jim, you want to go first? Uh, no, cause you have low a whatever. So I'll go first <laughs> <laughs> because I have low a, all right. So <clears throat> Person I want to talk about low A, and I wanted to kind of talk about some guys we haven't talked about at least too much yet because it seems like it's the typical guys over and over again, which albeit they're the top prospects, you want to hear about them. But you know, you hear about Henry Davis every single week. Let's hear about someone new. Um, and like down there, you know, we could talk about like Tamar and such. But the guy I want to talk about was in the Tamar draft. He was also a first rounder, someone who haven't really talked too much about, and that's Thomas Harrington. Um, he's been pitching quite well uh in low a uh as of right now he has a 2.77 era striking out 9.23 batters walking 2.77 uh not a whole lot of home runs 0.69 so like he's pitching quite well like this is what you wanted to see as a first rounder coming in in low a baseball uh the college pitcher so obviously you all probably want to see him move up the rankings a little bit more aggressive right so I wouldn't really mind seeing him go and take that next level right now. Uh, as mentioned, he's pitching quite well, 39 innings, eight starts. Uh, I think the test as well going to double A. So as mentioned, you know, his, his numbers look pretty decent right now. He's definitely a, a fly ball pitcher as well. You know, as you show, only 33% ground ball rate. That's something I'm interested to see. Once he goes to the next level in Greensboro where the ball flies, how that translates. Uh, so again, under one home run, per nine innings. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, so Thomas Harrington looking pretty mm-hmm. decent right now. Oh, and also I didn't mention his uh, last start. 
did go six innings, no earned, just one walk, three strikeouts, two hits. So yeah. again, looking looking very strong right now. No, he's he's been looking really good. And then if you look at his whole season in general, uh, eight starts and five of them have been scoreless. So right. he's he's pretty much dominating the level, which you want to see him do. He's a college first. I mean, you went first round and, and, and you know, quotation marks there. He was one of those uh, compensation picks. But uh, 36th overall. 36th overall. Yeah, I think right now he's just he's pitching at a level he shouldn't be. I think they they need to move him to high A pretty soon. His college teammate, who was picked a few picks ahead of him, is already in the major leagues. So yeah. um, his college teammates in the majors, Zach Neto and Thomas Harrington, is just dominating eighteen year olds in low A ball. So let's uh, chop chop, guys. Thomas Harrington doesn't belong in low A ball anymore. There you go. <laughs> All right, next. I'm next. Moving to Greensboro. Talked about him a lot of times. This Greensboro team isn't super-duper interesting, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, we're going to go right back to uh, to Anthony Salamedo, second-round pick in 2021, 37th overall pick. So we had had the 36th overall pick in 2022, 37th overall pick in 2021. Um, As opposed to Thomas Harrington, Salamedo is – probably advanced for his age. He's a 20 year old pitching in high a, and he is, he's dominating right now. Um, especially lately, he, his main issue kind of going into this month was his control and his walks. He's gotten that under control. These last two starts, he went seven innings, no walks, six innings, one walk last time out, uh, six strikeouts, this past week in a six, six innings of scoreless ball. And keep in mind, Greensboro was playing Bowling Green, who is Tampa Bay's uh, high A affiliate. And they are loaded. They've got one of the hottest prospects in baseball. So he was, he was doing it against some pretty good uh, competition. And uh, everything that you want to see out of Salamedo, it's kind of interesting. You know, we had, we had Eric on this, <laughs> yes. you know, prior to the year. And he kind of trashed Salamedo a little bit. He was like, I, I just don't like the guy. And, uh, you know, the velocity's up. The command looks good. He's, like I said, he's he's dominating hitters that are older than him right now. Every single thing that, um, that we're seeing out of Anthony Salamedo is, is what you want to see. Like, he's, he's doing great. Uh, I, now, I think Salamedo's a guy, unlike Harrington, Bucko Mike says Harrington should be at Altoona, and honestly, I'm not that far off of that opinion. Like, Harrington is just pitching in a level way too low for his skill set. Salamedo will probably be at Greensboro, if not the entire year, then, like, most of the year. Like, Salamedo probably, you know, you want him to kind of hit up these levels, you know, in a, in a year-by-year basis. He's also... It, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Salamedo long term here this season, just innings wise. He's at 42 and two thirds innings. He was only at 47 and two thirds last season. Like that was it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how many innings Salamedo pitches this year. Do they shut him down at some point? Because, uh, yeah, last year he got that late start in Bradenton. He didn't start the season with them. Right. So, yeah, so we kept wondering when they were going to start. <laughs> 
Yeah, so something to keep an eye on. I'm just curious to see how many innings they go. You know, I would say probably like 80, 90 inning range, which means, you know, you're talking 20 starts at that point. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with them. But so far, great, great um, results from Solomito out of Greensboro. Yep. And it's about innings. You know, he's been way more efficient, so he's been getting more innings leads last past two. Like you said, seven and six, where before that, he only topped five once. Yep. I mean, he reached five once, I should say. Yeah. But absolutely, you know, and that you said about Eric, the one thing he was concerned was, was I mean, with a fastball, with that type of velocity, he's going to get wrecked. But the velocity has picked up. So, again, maybe there's some projection there. Maybe the fastball velocity increases, and Eric can put his worries away because this isn't the type of pitcher he thought he was going to be. Um, but, yeah. So, I want to talk – I'm going to shift also here. I'm going to go to Altoona. Shift to another pitcher, someone I want to say under the radar, but like he he belonged under the radar. This isn't uh, you know someone who has a lot of talent, and you know we just haven't been talking about him. This is someone that we have really talked about a lot. It's just when you look at Altoona and the pitching. I mean, we talk about we could talk about Kyle Nicholas, but honestly, you and I have talked enough about him that we don't really believe in him as a starting pitcher, anyways. And he's kind of showing that. Um, you know, we could talk about Henry Davis again or Pagaro again or whatnot. The guy I want to talk about is Sean Sullivan. Because Sean Sullivan has basically been Altoona's best starting pitcher. And as like I was trying to say here, he's probably a guy you've certainly never heard of. <laughs> um, so like, who is he? And I'm not quite sure because like when you look at last year as well, it's not as if he had some like great numbers and now he's in Altoona and he's doing it as well. Uh, you know, last year he, uh, yeah, four, six, eight ERA, whatever. Right. He was an eighth round pick. You're not looking at him. But now he's in Altoona. He's performing quite well. 2.56 ERA in 38.2 innings, eight starts. Uh, his last start, again, talking about people coming off good starts as well. His last one, he only went four this time, though. But one hit, zero earned, one walk, five strikeouts. The start before, he did go seven innings. So, you know, he had some length in there. Uh, seven hits. It was three earned, five strikeouts, one walk. He's putting together a very solid season. So it's starting to make me... Just squint a little bit. Like, maybe should we be noticing him some a little bit? This is why I want to bring him up. This is what the show's kind of about. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Sean Sullivan's having a really good year so far in Altoona. So, kind of keeping an eye out on him. Yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely having success at the uh, at the AA level. I think, you know, the, the, the inability to put people away and, and, you know, via the strikeout kind of right. limits Sean Sullivan's overall upside as a pitcher. Uh, but is he playing well at double a? Yes. Uh, do I think he, do I think this changes his future outlook? Not quite ready to, to say that yet. Like at this point, I'm still kind of considering him minor league depth, uh, but you know, if he can put a whole season like this together, then you know you'll you'll have my attention. But yeah, I mean, he's doing he's doing really well at Double A. Uh, he's he's 22 years old. He's a college arm, you know, so he should be slightly advanced. Doing everything you want him to, to do. There you go. Yeah. So, um, moving to Triple A, we talked about him a little bit on NS9 Live. Not really a prospect whatsoever. But perhaps relevant to the conversation at the major league level right now, and that is Aaron Shackelford. He's 26 years old, 
Um, kind of just a utility player, plays all around the field, second base, first base, uh, plays a little bit of uh, outfield, plays a little bit of third base, um, kind of just plays all over. The, all over. Um, Carlos Santana left the game yesterday in the majors with a back issue. Yeah. If that becomes a thing and he has to go on the IL, Aaron Shackelford might be the guy. Um, and, and it's, I know that he, he's not like the sexy name. He's not on any prospect list and he shouldn't be like, he's 26 I mean, I don't years know. old. That name's kind of sexy. <laughs> 26 years old, the shack attack. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Um, but month of May, just crushing the baseball at a, at triple he's walking 17% of the time hitting 292, 432 on base percentage, 692 slugging. He's got a 174 weighted runs created plus in May. And just as of late, hitting the cover off the ball, um, home runs left and right, just having a really good season in AAA. And, and like, by no means am I saying Aaron Shackelford is this, you know, he's going to come up, he's going to save the day. He's a late bloomer. He's the next Joey Manessis, whatever. Um, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the guy is 26, lifetime minor leaguer. He's in his prime right now. Like the dude's like the dude's in his prime. This is probably the best Aaron Shackelford is ever going to be. So like, why not just see if the Pirates can catch like lightning in a bottle with one of these guys for a year or two, you always see other major league teams where they just have randomly have this like 27 year old dude who it's... just like comes up and he plays well for a few months and then you never hear about him ever again. Right. But like you, that happens every single yeah. year. So it's, like it's the Cardinals. Yeah. Every you Cardinals, know, one or two yeah. guys. And then like the entire Tampa Bay lineups outside of Wander. So like, you know what? Yeah. He's 26. He's not a top prospect, but he's crushing the ball in triple a. And it's not like, it's, it's not like smoke and mirrors either. Like you look at the numbers too. And like, he's walking, he's not striking out as much as he used to. Um, like the home runs are there and like the powers, the power is real. Like he had 26 home runs in Altoona last year. Like the dude mm -hmm. can hit for power. So like, let's just give it a shot. See what happens. Like, I'm not like Aaron Shackelford. Is he going to save the day? Probably not. But like, I want to, I'd rather see Aaron Shackelford get at bats than Josh Palacios at this point. So that part's fair. And I know, you know, we kind of, not too hardly debated this on NS9 Live, but I'm kind of like, whatever. It's, it's just another dude, right? Like you say, he's a 26-year-old in AAA, whatever. But now with Santana possibly going down, you know, there, there might be room for someone like this, unfortunately, to, to see, like, what can you do? Um, I guess if we're going to the debate of would you rather have Shackleford or Palacios, then we could definitely argue that personally. I'd just rather have Henry Davis and not worry about either of them. But I guess to to some degree, to talk about him a little bit, right? Give him his his flowers here for a bit. We've talked about Gorski. You talked about Frazier, right? You talked about guys that are old for their age, dominating, you know, high A or double A. And it's like, well, maybe there's something there, but like they're old, whatever. This is a guy who had 26 home runs in double A. But the difference is Frazier's not doing what he's doing anymore. Gorski's not doing what they're doing it. he's doing anymore. Shackleford is now in AAA, and he's doing better than what he was doing than before. So maybe there's something to buy into here. Like maybe it's not just the 26-year-old in AAA. 
right? Because he is still doing it in AAA. And he's doing it rather like very, very well, high level. You know, and AA had a 117 way to run square plus. Right now he's got a 137 in AAA. So again, like he's taking a whole next level. I don't know. Maybe he is, like you're saying, this late bloomer. Maybe there's a reason to get him here. I would rather him be here than Palacios, but it could be a Palacios and Shackleford in the lineup at one point. We're, I think we're getting close to that point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fear. And we just talked about this rotation, how it's falling apart. Like this season's, this season's hanging on by like a slim thread. But I don't know. I kind of – I don't want to see it, but I also kind of want to see it, <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't want to see it because it means this this is a really, really bad team again. But I kind of want to see it because it's like, can can the Pirates finally do that? Like the Pirates haven't had that player in how long? Like we joke about the Cardinals in Tampa Bay, how they have these guys that come out of nowhere and perform. Can the Pirates can they do that? Can they find someone? Can this be him, maybe? I mean, you you look at the last player I can think of that was like this, like Garrett Jones was like this. Like Garrett Jones was a was a guy who really didn't figure it out didn't become a real major leaguer until later in his twenties. And he put together a few productive seasons. So like it's possible, uh, but yeah, it's not something the pirates I feel like have even done much. Like I feel like once, once players kind of get like, it just, they, they they have not been able to find one of those guys in quite some time. Like I said, Gary Jones kind of the last one I could think of. Uh, And here you have a guy who's been in your system since 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. He and he, he's never been bad. Like he's always the strikeouts have always been his main issue, right? And then this year the strikeouts they're they're, they're kind of a little bit more under control. He's walking more than he ever has. Again, That's not saying Aaron Shackelford's gonna like come up here and uh and save this team, but like see if you can catch lightning in a bottle. I think he's worth rostering for a week or two. And seeing if there's something there. If there's not, then you just send them back. No harm done. Like, it, it, but like right now, there are players on this team who are getting playing time that aren't good. Yes. Yeah. Would I rather have Henry Davis up here? Absolutely. It, but I think there's also room to have both Henry Davis and Aaron Shackelford at the same time. Um, especially yeah, if Santana's injury is right. actually real. So I think that's let's like let's find out. Let's find out if there's anything there. I'm with it. I guess. <laughs> All right. Does that wrap up our prospect talk then? It does. Should we go ahead and get into this upcoming series against the Giants? Let's do it. All right. Well, today, some roll day. They play the Giants. Actually, it's a five o'clock game, right? Or is it four? I forget. Today's game is five oh five Eastern. There it is. Yeah, it's it's been a weird, weird like these past two series. Even though they're both on the West Coast, you expect them all to be late. They really haven't. You yeah. know, we had two games at four with Seattle. This is at five. Then tomorrow's your typical night game, and then Wednesday's the day game. So it ends up being like four o'clock, three o'clock. Then yeah, two. So, uh, Two West Coast series and only two like late games. Yeah, out of six. Yeah. Yep. Pirates we'll don't win it. the day games either, so this is tough news for for the Giants series. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so the Giants kind of in a similar boat as the Pirates record wise. Pirates are twenty six and twenty six. Giants are 
27 and 26. So um, if, if you're an optimistic Pittsburgh Pirates fan and you think this team has a shot at a wild card, this is a very important series because the Giants are going to be a team that you're going to be competing with uh, when it comes to one of those wild card situations. So, yeah, uh, you know, you want to you want to pick up as many wins and give them as many losses as you possibly can. They only play each other, I think, just once this season. So, uh, yeah, maybe twice. Does San Francisco come back here? I think they do. No, I they don't. Up while yeah, yeah okay. they don't. So. Uh, well, not in the first half. I mean, second half. ESPN schedule is all weird. They do play again one more time, but yeah, this is a team. <laughs> this is a team where like I said, if you're going to compete for a wild card, Giants are going to be uh, one of the one of the teams you have to do that against. Rich Hill, Oviedo, and then Mitch Keller on the mound for the Pirates. Uh, Giants haven't announced their starter for Tuesday yet, but they've got Desclafani going today, who last time I checked was having a pretty good year. He um, is. He started off super hot, kind of faltering here lately, though. So hopefully he can continue to falter. Um, yeah, he's the, the Giants have actually lost three out of his last four starts after he started off red hot. So, yeah, uh, the, can the Pirates finally win a series here? Like, they haven't won a series since the Washington Nationals. That was back in the long, long ago, you know, before the before time, back in April. <laughs> before time. <laughs> before may <laughs> um what we've dealt with this month has been pretty excruciating uh austin brings it up this is the blake sable revenge game so we do have that going against us um yeah the pirates will get to uh and, and yeah well i guess we'll get to see blake sable too so that's kind of interesting we'll get to see what we just gave up for free uh while we trot out jason delay and austin hedges every day sure We'll get to see Blake Sable. But, Jim, the Giants get to be blessed. They'll get to see Josh Palacios. So, honestly, who, who's making out here? We're helping their ticket sales. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk to this team a little bit, too. Like, the team's not scary offensively. You know, they're about an average offensive team. Much more we can say about the Pirates right now, right? But they're about an average team offensively. The starting pitching is certainly their strength. It kind of like mirrors the Pirates uh, to a degree. Like their starting pitching is is quite strong. When it gets to the bullpen, I, I want to say it's it's much more weaker than the Pirates. Even I mean they have a solid closer, decent setup man, and then it's just I don't want to say the, like the term hodgepodge, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not good, Jim. And so this is the team. I kind of feel like it's how we talked about the last series uh, with the Rangers. Like, if you can get to the starting pitching and get to that bullpen, there's some hope, potentially, because we know the Pirates can't score more than one run at a time. So they need to get to this bullpen, because this bullpen is not good at all. It ain't good, Jim. Well, I mean, you've got a – the bullpen's been really good lately. Um, now, with that said – and if I'm going in May here, team stats, relievers, split, uh, May. Two point six three ERA for the Giants in May. Their bullpen, second best bullpen of the month so far. So they have been really good lately. Um, yeah, I, th I mean this Giants team. You've got some weird years, like when Michael Conforto coming back, and he's just you know hitting nukes. 
Uh, Mitch Hanniger is on fire lately after starting off super, super slow. Um, you know, he's putting together a solid, you know, last, last week or so he's coming off, you know, two, three hit games in the Milwaukee series. Uh, the starting pitching doesn't really scare me, you know, outside of, outside of Logan Webb. I don't think we're going to face him here. Uh, so that's, that's a plus. I think it's yeah. The two teams seem pretty evenly matched, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to come down to can the Pirates actually put up some offense? Like that's the that's been the problem is can can the Pirates score some runs against these guys? Can they hit with runners in scoring position? They were so good at that in April, and during this whole skid, that's been the main issue is executing with guys on base. I, I will say like more signs of life in the Seattle series than, than, than maybe the previous series. And that a lot of that has to do with that home run game. But I also feel like some guys who were taking huge steps back, um, took steps forward, like, like G1 Bay looked good in that Seattle series, especially opposed to how he had looked, you know, previously in the month. So couple, couple positives here. I think like, I mean, the pirates really just need a series win. (laughs) They need a series win. Uh, and this would be a nice one to have uh, because it's a similar, like as far as win-loss record, this team's right there with you. It's a good measuring stick to kind of see where they are right now. I said it's been a rough month, but overall they're still 500. Can they be a fellow 500 team? Right. Yeah, like I don't want to put too much pressure on this. It's still a May series in the grand scheme of things, right? But – this is like a pivotal time for the Pirates, I feel. It's, it's, it, the whole month of May has kind of felt that way because the whole NL Central is just – it's it's bad. And it's allowing the Pirates to hang in there even though – I think you – what did you say in the group text yesterday? They're like – what were they, like a, a half game from first but like four games from being the worst team? Yeah, going into yesterday's game, they were half game out of first, four games up on – being the worst team in the league. Right. So, so it's like, like everyone that, I mean, that, I guess that's, I guess that's a positive, maybe <laughs> like slight positive is that everyone in the national league, like no one's, no one's really, no one's really, really running away with it. It's a very, like the parody across the entire NL is, is pretty, pretty apparent. Um, there's, there's a couple, you know, nice teams out in, you know, the East and the West, but the central, just a hodgepodge of, yeah under you know 500 to below 500 teams so yeah i I mean it's yeah it's may it's may but like yeah could you like let's end this month on a good note let's go into june feeling good about ourselves right and not just not just to even feel good but actually like be good you know like there you have an opportunity that's what we've been saying all month like you have the opportunity because of the division being so bad you you could maybe win it uh, it's 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 a low percentage, as Ben Charrington said, right? Like his projections didn't look like have them being here, and he doesn't believe it. <laughs> but like, there's a chance that you can maybe do something. So like, take that chance. Like, use this opportunity that's been given to you. And that's why I said like this. I don't want to put too much pressure on this series, but that's what this series kind of presents. Like, if they can still float, come out here above 500, and like you say, turn the page and come into June. We know, we know the deal. We know what's happening. Like Super Two date is then coming. Finally, maybe they, there's a possibility of getting Henry Davis up here. 
Endy hits his stride, you know, getting Endy up here as well. Like there could be some internal reinforcements if you're hanging around to potentially get better. And I don't know, maybe Chuckle Ford's also good. So there's him too, right? Uh, so like, again, like that's what this series kind of presents. If you can come out of here and still stay above 500 going to June, just get close to that Super 2 date, hang around, maybe then you could find that opportunity to do some, some damage. Um, but yeah, like the bats to me, like the bats have to come alive. They have to find a way to come alive. They just simply do not. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you've got to stay afloat here for roughly two more weeks before Henry Davis is just magically ready for major league baseball. Right. Come roughly June 15th. Hopefully magically ready <laughs> because he has to stay out of the catch. <laughs> As he plays right field in DHS. <laughs> yeah, Ben Charrington. I don't know what the magic number of days is that they need, but well, I do. I know what the magic yeah. number is. It's like we're two weeks from that magic. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen this series? You think they can? You think they're going to win it? Um. Yes. Pirates are going to finally win a series on the road against San Francisco. They're going to split the first two games. Mitch Keller is going to come out, bounce back, start, dominate game three. Pirates are going to win the series. I like that. I feel more comfortable comfortable in uh, this series than I do in the Rangers and the Mariners. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, also, I'll go with it too. Brian Reynolds' revenge game, he's going to wake up. He's going to have a great series. I didn't think about that. I feel like he yeah. always does well against the Giants. So, he's going to do it. He's going to, he's going to have a hell of a series. Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds, that. MVP of the series. He's going to hit two home runs. And a triple. He's going to have a triple. Another triple? Two homers and a triple. (laughs) Love it. I can get on board with that. Yeah, I feel comfortable with that. And then it'll be really good because they have the Cardinals coming next. So, yeah. It would be really nice to do that because the Cardinals are catching a little bit of fire now lately. So, anyways, I guess let's get out of here. Anything else you want to say? Nope. Happy Memorial Day. Be safe out there today. That's right. But have fun but also have fun. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.